Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, this uh, message this morning, I, I love Christmas messages because the more that you read the Christmas account and the more that you read about the things that were prophesied about Jesus and, you know, of course, the Christmas story, the more that you discover there's a lot of facets to this whole story that we call Christmas. And I want to call this morning's message the rest of the story. I used to listen to uh, a radio commentator named Paul Harvey. I don't know if you remember him. If you're from America and you're my age, you would remember Paul Harvey. Uh, he had a radio program. It was called The Rest of the Story. And he would take something that was very familiar, but then he would show the rest of the story, that there was always something in the background that, that, that uh, nobody talked about or wrote about, that people didn't know. Uh, and, and it was, you know, fascinating, uh, all the different rest of the story episodes that this guy would come up with. I, I would imagine that they're still available somewhere on podcast. Uh, he did write a couple of books called The Rest of the Story, uh, which I was able to get a hold of and, uh, and read with great intent and uh, fascinating stuff. Well, the Christmas story is like that. There's often uh, an aspect of the Christmas story that we tell over and over and over again, and so we should. Things that we accentuate and that uh, are pretty straightforward. Angels, uh, you know, singing and shepherds and people coming to a manger where, where, where Jesus was born. Uh, interesting because it's probably the only time that we would ever use the word manger is around the Christmas story. If I said to you, oh, meet me at the manger, you'd probably go, what? Is it Christmas time? Are you having a Christmas play? It's not like uh, a word that we use in everyday uh, context. I'd like my, uh, my iPad, thank you, as well. Uh, you know, so, so think there's things around the Christmas story that are very common uh, that we often take for granted and, and things that, uh, you know, are, I find very, very interesting. But there is something that this morning that I want to share, which I would call the rest uh, of the story when it comes to Christmas. And, and I want to start at a very unusual uh, passage of Scripture that you wouldn't really often relate to the Christmas story. And it's in John chapter 1, and I'll just read the first four verses of that, and then we'll skip down to uh, verse 14. And then we're going to look at the rest of the story and bring out an aspect of Christmas, perhaps, that's not normally talked about during this season of Christmas. But John, who knew Jesus very intimately, he was the one that leaned on Jesus' breast. He, 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 he calls himself a disciple of love. He often doesn't even refer to himself by name. He said this, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, that in itself is very, very fascinating because God is complete. He's uh, uh, complete within himself, and uh, he refers here to uh, himself as the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. And through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Quick lesson on theology. Uh, the, the, the theology of this is that God is a triune being, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all equal. They're all God. 
Uh, but they are three persons, but yet they're one. Now, figure that out. Uh, nobody has yet. Theologians spend, you know, a lot of time writing books about this, and people grapple with this. But if you could figure God out, he probably wouldn't be God. Uh, so it's pretty amazing that God can sit on a throne, and yet sitting next to God is God, uh, the Son. And then uh, God can be in this world and can actually be in our lives and, and fill our lives. And that's, that's God the Spirit, otherwise known as the Holy Spirit. Now that is called the Trinity, if you're Catholic, or a triune uh, God. It's also referred to as the Godhead, uh, just different ways that we humans try to explain God and how God works and everything. And this aspect is the, the word uh, Jesus, the word, God's thoughts, God's intentions, and, and God's ideas were with God. In other words, kind of put it in uh, like an everyday vernacular, God was talking to himself. Have you ever done that? Well, I do it all the time. Uh, we could say me, myself, and I. We're all the same, but, you know, we have these conversations. If you have more than three, me, myself, and I, you're probably in trouble. Uh, you know, some people have hundreds. There's a hundred of us in here. Well, you know, you're in trouble, so go see somebody about that. But, uh, but God, uh, he, he has a way of, uh, of talking to himself and yet manifesting himself in, in three different distinct personalities or persons, if you will, uh, again, known as the Godhead. And so it says here this aspect of God, this person of God called the Word, was with God, the word was God. But then the Christmas story breaks in in verse 14. The word became flesh. That aspect, that person of God known as the, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the, uh, of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. That is Christmas. That's where the baby is born in the manger. That's where the, you know, the, the angels are singing and the wise men come uh, later on is to, to visit the child and to give gifts and, and to celebrate that Emmanuel, God with us, God became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the Christmas story. But the rest of the story is what we're going to look at in just two simple uh, aspects or dimensions of the rest of the story this morning, perhaps that aren't thought about a lot. Maybe you haven't really thought about these aspects uh, this morning. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, the Word became a human. Let that sink in for a moment. But the Christmas story isn't just God showing us His deity and His glory and and that being displayed, but the rest of the story, the Christmas story, is that God, uh, God showed humans how to be human. Human, uh, humans discovering what it means to be human. Now, in the beginning, God created man, and and his name was Adam. It's interesting that Jesus is referred to as the last Adam, or in another place, as the second man. It's a little bit like the original was put on the photocopier, so to speak, and, and reproduced, but there was a flaw 
uh, that, that came into the original that was duplicated through every single copy all the way up until right now. And I'm looking at uh, flawed copies of the original. And you're listening to a, a very flawed copy of the original. Something called sin entered in, and it, it was a flaw that was reproduced all the way uh, from the very first. God created man perfectly. God created uh, Adam in his image. Eve came out of that. Uh, man was perfect, uh, perfectly created in God's image. In other words, so because God is love, uh, you'll, you'll see that, that, that love reproduced love and perfection. God is truth. You'll see that God reproduced in Adam truth. He walked in all of these perfect attributes of a perfect God. He wasn't made flawed, but then sin entered in, and then through sin, everything else became flawed all the way down. So you'll see that we were created in love, but now, well, we're not often that lovely. Uh, man was created uh, according to the image of God uh, in truth, but now we, we have a hard time telling the truth. And so all of these attributes uh, of God that were reproduced in the first man became flawed, and the copies are flawed, and, 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 and so God, in the fullness of, of time, sent his Son into the world. The Word became flesh to reinstate things to uh, if you're into computer, to reset the whole program again uh, and, and, and to get this thing going again, God had to send uh, uh, an original into the world that wasn't flawed. And so the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus came so that we could discover what he created when he created us human. We were made in the image, but the image fell and yet, even in our fallen state, and I find this very fascinating, that even in the fallen state of humanity, we still see glimpses of the image of our perfect creator. It's no more evident. I don't believe it's more evident, and it's a bit uncanny, than at Christmas time. Have you noticed that at Christmas time that people are a little bit nicer? Well, they should be anyway. Have you noticed that even... Even uh, stingy becomes a little bit generous at Christmas time. Have you, have you ever noticed that about Christmas? It's, it's an amazing thing, and I believe it has to do with this, with, with this whole concept that God showed us what humanity was supposed to look like when he brought his son into the world. So, so people, adults become a little more like children. Have you noticed that? Strangers uh, become a little, uh, little more like friends. People tend to be a little more human and exhibit the humanity of the Creator a little bit more at Christmas time without even knowing why. Gail and I uh, were celebrating. We were celebrating Gail's 60th birthday uh, last Tuesday. We we're down in Brisbane and we jumped on uh, the the hopper. I think it's called the ferry boat that goes up and down the Brisbane River. I don't know if you've ever been on that, but it's pretty cool. Stops in at different places along the way. And uh, we stopped in, and, and the person that got, the people that got on first were uh, this, this, this mother who probably would have been about 40-something years old, maybe even in her, in her uh, late 30s. And she had two sons. And, and uh, both of these kids were a handful. And they were probably, you know, uh, 11, 12 years old. One of them was in a wheelchair. 
and uh, had some kind of autism. And so they sat right in front of us. And then uh, there was one more row in front of them, and this very uh, distinguished-looking professional woman, perhaps in her mid to, to late 30s, she, she got on the boat, and she sat in front of them. And the, uh, the son in the wheelchair with autism, he, he started to make these very loud laughs that were, you could see the, the embarrassment of, of the mother, a little bit embarrassed. And he was very loud and, and, and boisterous, and, and she was trying to keep one of the sons from crawling all over, you know, uh, jumping over the seat into our laps. And, you know, everything was kind of out of control. And, and, and on top of that, the, the mother, uh, she, she obviously was from Germany or something because she, she was speaking German. I, I picked that up, and, uh, and she was trying to figure out where this, this, this hopper boat was going to go next and, you know, trying to keep it all together and there are other people on the boat. She's kind of uh, uncomfortable with the whole thing, but it's probably her life, and she's kind of gotten used to this thing. And then something amazing happened. The woman in front of her, the very distinguished professional-looking woman, she turned and she made eye contact with the son in the wheelchair with the autism. And I looked at her, and I looked at her face, and she had a, a, a smile that was just amazing. We're in the middle of, you know, city lights all around, and her, her smile just lit up, and she engaged this autistic boy with this incredible smile. And the smile said this, it, it basically, without a word, said, it's okay, we love you, we, we accept you, you're, you're, you're loved, you're, you're, you're okay, go ahead and laugh. And, and this kid was, would laugh, and, and she looked at him with this unconditional, piercing acceptance that honestly could only come through the Creator. And... and and I looked at that, and, and I thought, I can't help but to get involved with humanity. I can't help but to engage because, you see, I'm a human too. And her two boys are human, and the, and the lady that spoke German, the mother, she's a, a human. And, and this other lady, you know, we're all part of the human race. We're all humans. Even in our flawed, fallen state, we are still fearfully and, 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 and amazingly made. And so this, this boy broke out again laughing very loud, which would have been an embarrassing thing, except that, that humans got involved, and I started laughing. I, I, I thought, come on, is that the best you got? Come on, you give a laugh, I'll give a laugh. And, and so pretty soon the, the cabin was full of humans laughing. And I thought, that's the Christmas story. That's the other side of the story. See, Christmas isn't just about God showing off. Christmas is about God showing us what it means to be human. I think sometimes we forget that. We get so wrapped up in, uh, in the deity of God and the brilliance of God, but we can never measure up to that after all. He's up there. We're down here. We're just slithering around, getting through, trying to, trying to make our way through all the pain and, and, and our fallen nature, and we forget that we were, we were made in his image, and he came to restore that, and he came to show you and me what it means to be human. That's the rest of the story. That's a great story. That's the Christmas story. Strangers becoming like friends. 
people, embracing people. See, people aren't your enemy. We tend to divide people into unsaved or saved. You go to church or you don't go to church. You're a Christian or you're not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you know, you're, you're kind of the enemy. There's nobody that's your enemy. It's what the enemy has done that's the enemy. And God came to restore, to seek and save that which is lost and to show us what it means to truly be human. So the Christmas story is that God not only sent his son to show us himself, but to show us ourselves. Not just who he is, but who we are. The only deity that made humanity. We are human, lest we forget that. In 1 John, John again writes this, amazing. 1 John 1.1. Uh, that which was from the beginning, talking about the same word again, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, a human being, perfect. We have seen with our eyes. We have looked at, and I love this bit, our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. John said this to Thomas, who was having his doubts, and he forever uh, became known as Doubting Thomas, but, you know, went on to India and evangelized. He was not, uh, he didn't stay as Doubting Thomas, and yet people got kind of him in a holding pattern, but uh, Jesus uh, said this, and, and John wrote about it. Then he said to Thomas, Jesus said, he says, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. God gave us a human being. God gave Thomas flesh and blood so that Thomas could touch and feel and not just hear a message. You see, holding a baby is different than holding a book. Some people throw the book at people. Some people, seriously, they've got a message, but they forget about the messenger. Holding a lover is different than holding a letter from a lover. God didn't send an argument. God didn't send a book. God didn't send only a message. God didn't send a, a, a letter. God sent a, a baby, a baby so that they could hold a baby, a baby so that he could grow up, a baby so that they could touch him, a baby so that they could see what humanity is supposed to look like, a baby, a human, so that you could see what you're supposed to look like and behave like, so that you could see love incarnate. God sent humanity a message. This is what I created you to be. That's the Christmas story. God didn't just show off and say, now, you'll never be like me, so try to reach Mount Everest, if you will, and then torment us with just a message. The Christmas story, the second thing I want to bring out, the rest of the story is the Christmas story is that God got into trouble. Pause. Uncomfortable. What do you mean, Pastor? <laughs> God got God got into trouble. God got into your trouble. Have you ever noticed that humans are good at avoiding trouble? See, the hard things come and, you know, we hear things like, I'm out of here. All the time I hear that, you know, in one way or another, a bit of trouble in the church, I'm out of here. 
bit of trouble in the marriage, out of here. Don't like the job, out of here, out of here, out of here. On a get out of town. We're good at avoiding trouble. Jesus came to get into trouble. Your trouble. He wasn't looking for an exit. He made an entrance. He is your best friend. My definition of a best friend is the person that walks in when everybody else has walked out. You'll never know who your friends are until you're in trouble. Then you find out who your real friends are. He came to get into your trouble. He made an entrance where most people would have walked out. And he came to fix your trouble by becoming your trouble. He came to become. Often people talk about your best self. Come on, come to this seminar, read this book, and, and you'll become your, your best self. And certainly that's, that's fantastic. You, you want to be your best self. But Jesus loves you so much that he became your worst self so that you could become his best self, so that he could reset this whole thing, like I said, called humanity. 2 Corinthians 5.21, one of, one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture, Bible verses worth memorizing in the whole Bible. In fact, read the whole thing, but it says this. It says, God made him, talking about Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He who had no trouble, he who could have stayed out of trouble, he who could have remained in heaven where there is no trouble, made an entrance that Christmas day, that's the Christmas story, he made an entrance into a place full of trouble called your life. And he did that so that you could get out of trouble by exchanging your troubled life with his perfect life. You see, there's a big difference between came and became. He didn't just come to bring us a message. He didn't just show up to give some advice, a few wise words and some prophecies and maybe a bit extra from the wise men. He didn't just come, he became. He became your sin. He never sinned. He became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. That is the Christmas story, but that's the rest of the story. You can give him a praise offering if you want. Yeah. He didn't come just so we could have a look at somebody that we could never attain to. He didn't come and show up to give advice. He took the worst so that you could have the best. He took hell so that you could have his heaven. That is the Christmas story. God has invited you into his story. In fact, I'm going to wrap this up, but Christmas is all about his story. You see, Christmas, the Christmas story is not a fable. It's not fiction. The devil has turned it into that through the Santa Clauses and the elves and reindeers. And I was what we were watching uh, Carol's in, in the Domain on television. And, of course, Mickey Mouse made an appearance. You know, that's just wonderful. So we got 
Mickey and Santa and, you know, all, all of this. And then Je little baby Jesus so somewhere in there. Like, this is just a story. It's just, it's a fable. It's not a story. It's history. History is his story. This is his story. This is history. The Messiah came, and part of his, his name, Messiah, is mess. He got into your mess. He got into your business. He got into your trouble, and he exchanged your mess and your trouble and, and, and your, your flaws uh, all the way back to Adam. He exchanged that by becoming, not just by coming. That's the Christmas story. That's the rest of the story that we need to keep on telling way past December the 25th. So God has invited you to be part of history. He's invited you to be part of his story. Have you made the Christmas story your story? Have you looked at what humanity is supposed to look like based on, on the son that God sent? And looked him square in the face and gone, you know, I want that. That is so attractive that you came into my life so that you could reset things in my life. And I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to watch you take fallen me and bring me up and restore me all the way back to what I should have been. Have you asked God to reveal his son to you? Would you let him show you? all that he intended you to be? Would you hand him those things that are killing you and causing you pain? Would you take a moment with me and ask Jesus to come into your heart? Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. Or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.